0: Hello there, this is Guru, talking to you about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain how. First off, it is absolutely free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more providers. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello there, this is Guru talking to you about anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's completely free. Second,
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Ballistic Podcast once again. The NBA season is over. The Warriors win. That was not surprising. A lot to talk about. Kawhi Leonard's status, LeBron status. A new season up ahead. I'm Varun, joined by Vikram, Jeff. And thank you, Jeff, for letting us, you know, hosting this in your house. Yeah, no worries. And we have Guru on the line all the way from India. So, Guru, what's up? You ready to do another episode?
0: Uh, I'm, I'm so ready for this. And, yeah, thanks for letting me join the podcast, guys. Appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so, Guru, the Warriors win. And ever since they won, uh, there's been a lot of questions about where does this team rank among all the NBA great teams? So, like, the Bulls, the Celtics, the Lakers, three championships in four years. I think that qualifies them into the discussion. So, where do you rank them?
0: Well, I wouldn't forget about the Spurs as well. I, I think yes. I would consider them uh, a dynasty as well. But definitely with Warriors winning three championships in four years, they're definitely considered my definition of a dynasty anyways. But um, where, where they rank, I think we can only tell where they rank once the dynasty is over. And I don't think the dynasty is over yet. I think they still have a ways to go. They still have uh, championships to be won so 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 once those uh once it's all over then i think we can have that discussion but uh, until then i'm just going to be enjoying the ride as a fan
2: Uh, i actually tend to agree with that analysis simply because uh, it's really tough to objectively rank them when we don't really know where they're going to be in a year or two years Uh, i would say right now they're still under the bulls and they're two three-peats just because they're two three-peats i think there is a potential for them to be the greatest dynasty of all time in the next two or three years, especially since their stars are going to be going into their prime, uh, and that's a pretty uh, exciting thing for us as Warriors fans in the Bay. Uh, but at the same time, there's possibility that the core could fall apart some way, somehow. We don't know what the injury situation might be. There are so many different factors that affect uh, teams' ability to get to the NBA championships. We almost saw it derailed this year by the Rockets, so it really just depends
3: yeah, and I feel like just these past two years, they got Kevin Durant. So I feel like that's start of a new dynasty, especially when they lost the finals when they didn't have Kevin Durant. So we really have to see it. Like if they can keep this core together, then they could potentially be the greatest dynasty. But for right now, I would rank them probably with the Lakers of like the 2000s. The Kobe least, and Shaq Lakers. The Kobe and Shaq Lakers, yep. yeah. I, um, I don't think they're at a level of MJ winning six in however many years he did it, in like two feats. But I would put them around there.
1: Okay. And you, actually, you touched upon, can they keep the core together? Because Clay Thompson's contract is coming up next year. But he said he's going to take a big discount. But then after that is Draymond Green. And uh, there's a r- report out there that he might not want to take a discount. He could get the Supermax because he was the DPOY. So that could derail their, uh, their core. But on paper, like on paper, talent-wise... Is this the best team you've seen, just talent-wise? The collective talent. Vikram, why don't you answer that? So I would say yes. Uh, one of the major reasons is
2: because they get these uh, these people at the minimum, like veterans that come in and do that. So in addition to their core group, they end up having some really good veteran talent. And on top of that, they've done a really good job at uh, drafting ancillary pieces like Pat McCaw, Jordan Bell, Kevon Looney. People end up being contributors in, in playoff runs, and that's really surprising. Uh, and then they have random players like JaVale McGee suddenly revitalize their career. And so Swaggy P, I mean, you you talk about players who there's not a lot that was expected of them, but they end up playing some real contributions in the playoffs. So those are the types of things that make a team a championship team and also contribute towards the dynasty. And I'm sure they'll be able to plug and play those types of players in the future.
3: Yeah, well, one thing to, to notice is that these players do deserve more money. Like Draymond definitely deserves Based on his defensive play of the year and mm-hmm. his offensive ability, he definitely de- deserves the max. So does Clay. You know, obviously Durant and Curry, they're pretty much gonna get the max. Um, and like, it's gonna be hard for them to be able to take a discount from that just because of what they're worth, especially based on what Iguodala did last year. He kind of just leveraged for a bigger contract with. I don't know if you guys know, like he, he got he told Bob Myers that he got like a really good contract from the, the Kings. Kings yeah. And he used that to leverage a bigger contract. So the fact that they're I heard not that was taking a joke. discounts. I mean I don't know, but he definitely tried to leverage other contracts. So it's not a good yeah, sign he for did. them trying to take pay cuts because Draymond's already taken his pay cut. Clay Clay's the only one that actually said he will take a pay cut. So I don't but know. But how
1: big we don't know.
3: Yeah. What do you think, Because 'Cause you, you follow the Warriors a lot too. What do you think? Yeah,
0: yeah, I, yeah, I do. And um, uh Clay taking a pay cut that that's that just seems to be his nature. You know, he he seems to be the guy who who likes to be the third or fourth option on a on a superstar team and he said that multiple times that I want to stay on the Warriors. I want to I want to be part of a dynasty. That's more important than anything else to him. And so I'm not surprised that Clay's taking a discount. Obviously with the Draymond situation, he wants to wait and and leverage his um and leverage his his money making ability in the future. So I, I definitely understand that. We'll see in two years whether uh, where the Warriors are salary cap wise and whether they're gonna, whether he's going to be willing to take a discount. But I want to go back to the to the question: Is this like the greatest team assembled of all time? And I lean towards yes. But the Lakers team of the '80s that was also a really talented team in their in their own right. Multiple Hall of Fame players coming out of that team. So I think that's like the closest comparison that you can make. The closest. Um, Uh, competitor to them being the greatest team uh, ever but uh i've leaned towards yes saying that the warriors are probably the greatest assembly of talent in nba history
3: so who do you think takes a discount because obviously these players are all worth the max do you think it's durant's turn because of what clay and draymond have done or i mean yeah how do you think this is going to work for them to keep it together
0: uh, I think they're definitely going to have to go over their salary cap, and it's going to be, it will be dependent on like how much the salary cap increases over the next couple of years. But I think I think Clay has shown the willingness to take a discount, and I think he, I think he eventually will take a discount. Raymond will definitely be interesting, but the Warriors, I mean, as an organization, they they make a lot of money, and they they have shown that they they'll will be willing to spend that money in order to um, you know. Uh, g- g- keep this keep this team together because you don't keep champion you don't get championship teams very often you you cannot build championship teams very often so um, so we'll see but uh, I don't doubt the Warriors ability to spend money well, uh, when the, it's they, necessary
2: the question is whether or not Warriors ownership uh, Joe Leibov is going to be willing to pay luxury tax penalties at the end of the day they can they can. Theoretically, spend as much as they want as long as they're willing to pay. Well,
0: Vikram, he's spending it this year.
2: No, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying how much is he willing to spend in the luxury tax, specifically okay. because they're going to be going to the repeater penalty starting next year. So those are the types of questions we have to look at uh, longer term. And the reality is if Draymond Green is not willing to take a pay cut, they're going to fall apart. There's almost no way for them to effectively stay together yeah. at that point. Yeah. Uh, but. And it would be interesting because it might depend on, you know, is somebody like Steph Curry down the line willing to take some? But I mean, his contract's what four or five years now. I mean, it's it's unlikely. It's five more years, yeah. Yeah. So at that, I think that's really the discussion that's going to be. We're going to have, uh, if not next summer, definitely the summer after.
1: If I were Clay, okay. First of all, if I'm Clay Thompson, I've won three championships. All right. I don't get the credit I deserve. So why not just leave, get my max contract, go play for? Who's got cap space? Portland? Anybody. Or man. any any any, <laughs> any crappy team. team, Phoenix or whatnot. Take your money and go have fun. I mean, you've won three championships. You've probably accomplished what you wanted to do in the league. That's it. Why not just do that? He loves the Bay. Just, I just don't see any... Re- I mean, you know, you've won three championships. I mean, how many championships do you want? So I, if I were Clay, that's what I would do. I don't know. I'd, I'd rather be in the Bay. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, he'll probably stay, but that's what I would do if I were him.
2: I think Draymond Green is the one you have to watch out for,
1: realistically. Yeah. Because he's the one who
2: feels like he is being undervalued, that he deserves more money. That, And from a personality type of discussion, he's definitely the one that would want that max money.
3: I can I can see a scenario where if Durant takes the max... yeah. Draymond's gone. Like, no, I can sure. see that happening because Draymond was the one yeah. that did all the, like pretty much he was called them after they lost in the finals and recruited Durant there. But if Durant won't be willing to take a pay cut, that's kind of like a huge strain on that. Just like there's 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 not enough space. There's elite. not enough
1: money in, in, uh, yeah. on the team, yeah. So, and Iguodala's making $60 million a year for the next yeah, two, years. Yeah, freaking Iguodala was so a so they're right. they're well, cap if strong. Draymond Green was
2: willing to take like 20, 24 type million dollars. I think they'd do it. But if he's looking for, you know, like a super max, that, I think
1: that's really going to be the difficult part. Yeah. Well, we'll find out in two years when it comes to Draymond. But um, looking ahead now. Okay. So the, the Rockets got very close. And what, only one game away. They were the best competition for the Warriors throughout the playoffs. So looking ahead. Uh, and let, let's, let's factor free agency into this. Who are the strongest contenders to upseat the Warriors next year? Guri, why don't you go first?
0: Okay. Well, I think I've been going first a lot. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, the strongest contenders to upseat the Warriors. Obviously, the first team you got to look at is the Rockets. And obviously, the Rockets still have to keep Chris Paul. That's still not a done deal. We've heard multiple reports that LeBron might try, try to lure him to the Lakers. So they've got to keep Chris Paul. But they, they would be the strongest contender to upseat the Warriors next season, just based on how they played this year. Uh, I'll come out and say it. I was wrong about the Rockets. I thought, you know, I, I thought they, they lacked the experience. I thought they uh, they they lacked that playoff mentality that was re- required to beat the Warriors. But obvi- but they added Chris Paul and P.J. Tucker, and that ended, added a dimension that the Rockets never had uh, before the se- uh, this past season. So, I mean, if they, if they were able to keep P.J. Tucker, they were able to keep Chris Paul and keep Clint Capella, I think they are the strongest contenders to upseat the Warriors next year.
1: Okay, Guru, hypothetical question. If Chris Paul didn't get injured, would they have beaten the Warriors?
2: Yes. Okay, I like it. Go ahead, Vikram. Uh, I agree with that analysis in terms of uh, the Rockets being a a huge challenger. Uh, I think they have their challenges in free agency with uh, specifically Capella and uh, Chris Paul. Both of those guys are going to definitely attract interest, especially with teams that have space to offer for someone like Capella's restricted free agent. And I really—it kind of depends on how much Houston is willing to pay to keep him versus Chris Paul versus their cap space exception, what they want to do with their mid-level exception. Like all of those things are, are real questions for them in terms of putting their team together. I think that's what makes it hard to look at uh, like a challenger for the Warriors next year, who have their core group together for at least that year from a money perspective. So I think that's the real challenge for the Rockets, uh, even you know with or without LeBron James. Uh, I think the other, you know, the hypothetical question of if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, what happens if Andre Iguodala doesn't get hurt? Because I don't think the series goes to where it was with uh, if, if Iggy's not hurt. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of what-ifs to play on both sides, but I do agree that had, they, had Chris Paul not been injured in that situation, they probably would have won. Uh, you know, that being said, there are a couple other teams that we have to look at uh, that may or may not be uh, willing and able to upset the Warriors next season. Uh, I think the Celtics have to really be looked at, especially with their yeah, collection Kyrie's of Kyrie's coming yeah. back.
1: Gordon Hayward's coming back.
2: Yeah, it's it's a potential for a team that can, from a talent perspective, at least be on a near level. And if you're at least close from a talent perspective, there's a chance you can win. And, you know, Draymond gets suspended or mm. some other injury or something like that. There's definitely a possibility. It's also possible to outplay the Warriors if they're not mentally engaged. I think that's what this playoff, run really showed but I think the thing for the Warriors is uh, they're not at their near at their best in terms of their ability to play together Uh, in terms of their offense in terms of their defense there's a lot of there are a lot of areas that they could have improved on they didn't play a, a perfect game really at any given point in the in the finals to my in my opinion at least so given that I think that's a little scary if they play to their potential I'm not sure there is a way to beat them
1: Okay, I agree with you on the Celtics, though, because they're getting Kyrie back, they're getting Gordon Hayward back, Jason Tatum played really well in the playoffs, Jalen Brown is coming into his own, and Al Horford is a very uh, unique player at his position, Mm -hmm. and then look at the bench, Rozier, Marcus Smart, uh, Denny Tice, who was a really good big man off the bench, he got injured, so there's a lot of depth, and let's not forget that they have the assets to trade for another guy if they want to, you know, hint hint, Kawhi, 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 you know, (laughs) So they they have put themselves in a very fantastic position. If uh, if Kyrie or even if one of those two, Kyrie or Gordon Hayward, were healthy, I think they would have beaten the Cavs uh, this year and gone to the finals.
2: Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think they also have a few challenges uh, for their season ahead, particularly with what the heck are they going to do with Marcus Smart. Like uh, Same thing with Terry Rozier coming up, not this year, but in the next couple of years figuring out what to do with him. The other big thing is just position overlap for Jason Tate. Like You look at their their backcourt and their small forward rotation, and you start thinking, well, how the heck are we gonna divvy up minutes for Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Gordon Hayward, where they're all kind of starters. Who are we really gonna what are we gonna do with the two guard? What are we gonna I mean, obviously Kyrie Irving is gonna play the point guard, but you're already three deep at that position with Kyrie Irving, Marcus Martin, Terry Rozier. They're all capable players. Some people are like, wow, Terry Rozier could be a starting point guard in the league. So you you start having a lot of this position overlap. Uh, But it's a good problem to have. It's absolutely a good problem to have. They have a lot of assets. This is actually the time where I would say, you should go for a trade. Like, this might be it. Uh, You've got assets on the books. But one of the things that was tough for them uh, from a money perspective is they have very few salary fillers in the sense, like, if you want to trade for a player uh, that has a a large Mm -hmm. salary, you end up having to trade pieces of your team that are actually valuable. And sure. that's the type of contracts that they have. So those are, are the types of issues for the Celtics where, you know, even if you trade for Kawhi Leonard, what are you giving up? And is that, are those pieces going to set you back in the future? So those those are issues. And, you know, what, what they're going to do with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you know, long-term. So I have a couple more years, yeah. uh, and, and so, two, or three years more. But Danny right. H thinks like six or seven years in the future somehow. Yeah. He's got like future vision, the Rubicon in his eyes or something. The guy's crazy, but... It's those are kind of I think concerns for them, in the near sure. to short to long term as well. Sure. So, you talked
3: about I mean the Celtics are probably the number one contender next year for the finals, right? Do you guys see any that other or Houston, right? Because that, you said Houston. Yeah, but I'm talking about finals where it's East versus West. So let's, let's say the Warriors get there. Do you see any other team in the East being able to compete with
1: them? Okay, so Toronto is kind of interesting because this new head coach Nick Nurse. So I was reading into it. And he is apparently uh, very good on the offensive end, and um, he kind of pressured Dwayne Casey to be to be harder on Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry, but Dwayne Casey wasn't. So maybe from the perspective of mentality, if Nick Nurse can can have an effect on that, then I think Toronto can definitely make the finals because the East is still fairly weak outside of Boston. Looking forward, maybe Philly. Yeah. Philly I mean- um, under the radar. I mean, it depends. Maybe if if uh, their players can uh, nurture next year. Or if they make a big trade there, which they can, or or Ben Simmons learns how to shoot the ball, sure. But all, I, that would that would take a couple bit. of years. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about like years. a
2: mid. I'm not even talking about like a three point shot. I mean, be dangerous outside yeah. of the rim. Maybe, uh, <laughs> yeah. Because he, he is so <laughs> limited that that it it relies on them doing particular things on their other offensive set. But Philly's got a shot. I think we're undervaluing what that team really has in terms of not only just assets, but you know, talent on the floor. They're, they do have the potential to take on the Celtics. They do have the potential to knock off the Cavs, given the right circumstances. It just kind of depends. Uh, and we'll see what they do in free agency. I know they're they're supposedly a LeBron destination. We'll yeah. see about that. But, I mean, there, there are opportunities for that team to be really good. Sure. Gru, were you going to say something?
0: Um, I was just going to say that, you know, I mean, the Celtics have young players, but... Uh, you know, you you talk about like the age of their core players. Al Horford is 32 years old, Gordon Hayward is 28, and Kyrie is 26. So the more you look at it, the window is pretty much now for the Celtics, mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe maybe it's next year if they get Kawhi. Who knows? Yeah, it's two years.
3: Yeah, and I think that the key to that team is actually the oldest player, yeah. Al Horford, because he does so much for them. He he's guards the center, and he's able to pass so well. He you know centers are forced to guard him at the perimeter. And he makes the right decisions pretty much like every single time. So I think uh, like there's not many people in the league that are like Al Horford who gave replace. replaced because you mentioned all those wing players, mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward, you know, behind him is freaking Jason Tatum, yeah. Jalen Brown. Those are players that kind of have similar skill sets. Obviously, Hayward is probably the best out of them. But when you look at Al Horford's age and like people out there, like you kind of need a win now. You're not going to be able to replace him easily with another right. young player out there. So that's yes. interesting. and going back to the raptors you were talking about earlier how the coach might be able to change their their mentality and whatnot i think they also need some players to do that like how the rockets were this year where they got tucker and they got chris paul
1: oh definitely. they definitely yeah.
3: don't have the right pieces yeah. so if they can bring in someone with that sort of like the heartbeat of the team like what draymond does for the warriors yeah. the alpha dog mentality that, alpha dog, like that aggressive guy someone yeah. that can like you know make them a tougher mentally mentally team and yeah Someone with, who has the edge, I think that's the only chance they have because we've seen year in and year out, they just in the, when when the playoffs come, they kind of just shrivel up. Well, like just, when the Cavs come, <laughs> it's really <laughs> the, it's the Cavs the, for yeah, whatever reason. It's really but,
2: the Cavs. Uh, with with the Raptors in particular, they need a defensive stopper. I think that's the one thing their their roster really really lacks. Cause like every position, you know, Kyle Lowry is probably what uh, is, is a really good defensive point guard, but he can't defend LeBron James. They were playing OG Anunoby on on LeBron James for a lot of the series. That's just not it's not a recipe for success. Yeah. And that's, that's just there. He's good.
1: He's like a young player. I mean, but it, yeah. It's at not at a knock stage, on him. It's, it's not, just, yeah. he's, he, he's given up like 50 or 60 pounds to LeBron yeah. James. I mean... It's a high call for somebody who just came into the league. It's yeah. like, okay, <laughs> go guard LeBron. You know? Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. And, and aside from the Celtics and the Rockets and maybe, you know, the Raptors, um, I think some teams, maybe they're not going to contend against the Warriors, but teams like the Wolves, I think, will come into their own next sure. year. Because... I mean, when you bring in like three different guys, three big guys like Jimmy Butler and Crawford and all those guys, I mean, it takes time to adjust. So I think Butler, Carl anthony Towns, Wiggins, I think they'll kind of mesh a little better mm-hmm. next year. And they will be better in general, maybe a top three seed, possibly. Sure. Because a, but I still think Butler is a top 10 player. He's a fantastic two-way player. I mean, he's an all-NBA player this yeah. year. And I mean, Kat, yeah, and Cat Kat can score the hell out of the ball. I mean, if he can learn how to defend a little better, I think he'll be a great player. Andrew Wiggins, I think, just needs to learn how to mesh with Butler and Cat. So I, I like that core. I really think they can do something next year. And Philly's also there. And Utah had a great season. I mean, mm-hmm. I think if they can get they're, another they're core under player for under sure. the radar team. Uh, Guru, any, any other teams that I'm missing or any teams you want to talk about?
0: Oh yeah, I actually want to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks because they just hired a new coach, Mike Budenholzer, right? So I think oh, that's okay. really going to make a difference. Yeah, I, I think that's really going to make a difference when you talk about Giannis and Tadekumpo. He's never really played under a, a really good coach, a coach like Mike Budenholzer. So that'll be interesting to see how he how he develops and how like uh, the Bucks play around Giannis. I think I think they're a team to watch as well. I mean, if everything works out, they could be top four in the East.
2: Sure. Uh, I think on the west side, one of these teams to look at is, what can the Lakers really do? I think that's uh, that's another question. Besides being a, a LeBron James destination, if they're able to get a couple of uh, uh, of stars to come over there, like Paul George or a now a Kawhi Leonard destination perhaps, or a LeBron James destination perhaps, if they can put together two or three stars, uh, maybe keep around Julius Randle, I mean, they have some cap issues there as well, but if they're able to do that type of thing, there's a potential for the Lakers to be one of those dark horse teams for next season too. But everything is so speculative with them because there's so many different directions to go in, in free agency. But that's probably true of about yeah. half the teams in the league at this point specifically because we don't know what LeBron James is going to do and that's going to shift the power landscape in in the NBA. So those are some, some pieces to keep in mind, I think.
1: What about um, What about Philly next year? Do you think Philly will be a championship contender next year because this year in the playoffs, they kind of had a route to get there, you know, because when they were going up against Boston, I think a lot of people picked them to win that series. Yeah. Because they are very talented, but Boston kicked their ass, as I saw, because I'm a Celtics fan, so obviously. Yeah, it was was a good series. It was, you know, they're they're very talented. And uh, if, like, if they have the ability to make a trade, if Markel Foltz can maybe get better, I think they have talent. They could be an under the radar team there for next year. But I think there are some good teams out there who are going to grow, uh, and the Warriors also. Let's not—I mean, there is that championship fatigue, right? You you go to four straight finals. I think some bad habits kick in, like we normally see with the Warriors, and those bad habits might extend to the playoffs, maybe deep into the playoffs, to the point where they, they take happens. a loss, yeah, yeah, they, t- they, take, they take an unexpected,
2: loss. game seven loss against the Rockets, for yeah, example. Exactly. When you're down by you're down by double digits at the half, yeah, uh, suddenly that's not a great position to be in. Maybe you don't get a third quarter run. So I mean. Uh, I think you're right there. Uh, with with Philly in particular, I think for them, it's going to be developing some offensive sets and really pushing your stars to be better, uh, particularly Ben Simmons. I mean, he's so athletic and so talented, but he he presents lots of matchup problems at the point guard spot, but without the ability to shoot, he clogs the lane up, and particularly because Joel Embiid, who is a good shooter, but at the end of the day, I mean, I'd rather have Joel Embiid down low than on the perimeter. Both a, from a rebounding perspective and an yeah. inside scoring perspective. So, I mean, they with the with the right personnel and the right trades, there are opportunities for them to get better. Uh, but I do think the best use of their cap space for this upcoming year is probably to bring back JJ Redick. I think that's their their best veteran okay. option.
3: It's hard to see JJ Redick getting like a long term contract that he kind of wants right now. Probably three years, but the Philly definitely cannot can't be able to offer them that can they uh it
2: depends if he's willing it depends on how much jj reddick wants the market this year is really interesting there's i mean even for jj reddick like where is he gonna go that will yeah. pay him a ton that's i think that's the question we have to look at especially for a dude who's a minus defender like on at that position at the wings if you look at what boston did they went at jj reddick like every single possession yeah. and he's Pretty much a terrible defender. I, I don't know. I don't have a better way to put it. He just yeah. doesn't have the physical tools to defend. Yeah,
3: But he brings that veteran presence. But I mean, if he was willing to take another short-term one-year deal because yeah. because the, the Philly really needs that space. If they can't sign a long-term contract, exactly Simmons and Embiid yep. and all that stuff kicking in. Yeah, yeah.
2: Absolutely uh, true. It's just in the short term for them. Uh, I don't think that there's that many... Uh, outside of being able to trade for somebody, I don't think there's that many people on the market that would be interesting to Philly, that would actually be able to fill holes in that roster in such a way that, uh, you know, elevates them in the conversation. So I think that's the the issue for Philly is I'm not sure there's anybody really uh, on the free agent market to do that. Okay. Guru, anything else to add?
0: No, you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head. So I think we should just move on.
1: Yeah. And uh, Oklahoma (laughs) city, uh, you know, if they, if they re-sign Paul George, what do you think? Nope. Because I heard there's a growing chance they might. But let's say they do. do. what do you think? You think you think they could? You think they could do something next year? I
3: mean, I think the only uh, way they do something uh, is a culture reset. At okay. this point, like Westbrook, kind of just is not really known to be a winner right now. Like he has a negative. He kind of just chase stats. Late, he just kind of go for rebounds, and yeah. he doesn't really play really team basketball. And also Carmelo is a oh, leading yeah, of example course. of that. So, I think post. I mean, if there's a chance that Post even comes back. I don't really see that team winning it unless there's a huge cultural reset, new offense. A new, new coach, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. 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 I don't uh, even know Drew, why yeah. he came back in the first
2: place it, about it, Paul
0: it, yeah. it, it, really, it really depends on what the Lakers do. If the Lakers are able to acquire Kawhi Leonard in a trade and get LeBron James, there really isn't a spot for Paul George on that team, if you really, really think about it. So if the Lakers are a no for Paul George, where does he go otherwise?
1: That's I think Philly is the first one that comes to mind because yeah. they have they have cap space to make something happen. What about the Pelicans? If if Demarcus Cousins comes back with Anthony Davis, let's let's assume he comes back first. Okay, let's just make that assumption because they they played really well down the stretch together um, before Cousins went out. They were they were on a win streak, I think, or they were really they were playing really well that whole month. Let's say let's say he comes back. How do you think the Pelicans will be next year? I don't think uh, so. Is this is without Paul George? Uh, I would say from a cap space perspective, it's
2: next to impossible for the Pelicans to bring back both DeMarcus Cousins and then somehow go and get Paul George. I think that's... No, no, no. no. I'm saying just Cousins and Anthony Davis. If it's just Cousins and Anthony Davis, yeah. I think it's going to be tough because I'm not sure the Pelicans... Between... So let me let me put it this way. If the Pelicans had a choice between DeMarcus Cousins and Paul George, I would say take Paul George because you Oh, did... no, no. Paul George was unrelated. I'm just saying that like the Pelicans... I'm, yeah, yeah. I, I, got, I know what you're I'm just okay. saying... In in the scenario where if there's nobody else really left, I might be inclined to sign Demarcus Cousins for a short-term deal. Let him reestablish, uh, get him get him on a, a little bit of a bargain because you don't know what Demarcus Cousins is going to be able to do. I don't think anybody's going to be out there giving him the max at this point, sure. coming off that Achilles injuries. Uh, I mean, I like him. I think you always got to go for talent. Uh, I think a front court of Anthony Davis and Demarcus Cousins is pretty intimidating. And they did play well, and I think you can do that. The problem is Anthony Davis on his own is a beast as well. So yeah, it's just one of those things where, from a team perspective, if you can fill out that team with players that are better suited to play around Anthony Davis, uh, more wing defenders, more three-point shooters, uh, you may have a better team overall. Especially because when Nikola Mirotic came over, that seemed to work a lot better from a, like a flow and offensive perspective. So it's a tough decision
1: for the for the Pelicans brass
3: yeah i mean i'm on the boat of i don't think it's gonna work
1: do you think, think okay do you think cousins should come back Do you think if you're the pelicans gm would you want cousins back if on I'm the, the spot
3: GM, honestly i think they're better without or they're better when they play anthony davis at the center like you guys watch the playoffs right yeah how often they was really there well. two bigs yeah both that are seven feet. You know, how often were they even two bigs in, this, in the in the lineup? You know, yeah. They played freaking PJ Tucker at the center for the most of the series you know, to close out games. There's no point to have those two players unless you think that DeMarcus Cousins can dominate the game so much that outweighs how what he gives up on the defensive end. And I don't see that happening. I think oh. DeMarcus Cousins.
2: I got to disagree He's a lazy, here, and, and the, maybe he might be lazy. Player. But if I you not guard
3: that perimeter at all,
2: if you as the Rockets play PJ Tucker at center, and you have Demarcus Cousins on PJ Tucker, Demarcus Cousins is going to go through him and give you points every single possession. There's no, and I, I just so that's that's why the Pelicans are such an are such an interesting team with both Demarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis, right? They're not just like if it's Clint Capella and Anthony Davis, it's a little different of a conversation. But Demarcus Cousins brings more to the skill set than just you know. He's not just a big body. He can do a little bit more. So I I think he, like, I thought Warriors versus Pelicans, if DeMarcus Cousins had been on the Pelicans, that would have been a really, really interesting series because suddenly you have to match up with two bigs. So on one side, I think you're right. There's not a lot of teams that play two bigs. On the other hand, I don't think there's a team with a better two bigs in the league.
3: Agreed. But the bigs, their advantage is getting you two points have three points and the fact that he's giving up a three like when you play the two on the the the, uh, the defensive side Tabarcus Cousins is going to get mismatched he's going to have to guard the three point guy I don't see him doing that consistently and yeah, if he can, even on offense, then he's kind of like a JaVale McGee he'll make stupid <laughs> mistakes he'll turn the ball over he'll do an offensive foul he'll do something stupid and he won't give effort to go back on defense
2: well I, I say if you can hold a team to, <laughs> so let me put it this way mathematically if they shoot 40% on threes and you shoot 60% on twos you're all even. If they shoot under, yeah, 40% on three, four out of 10 is 12. Six out of 10 on twos is 12. So you, you're all even. So it, that's how I look at it. If you think, De, I, I think DeMarcus Cousins with a decent contest, not even great at the at the three-point line, is going to hold them under 40% if it's not a great three-point shooter. Even for a great three-point shooter, we'd say 40% is fantastic. But I think he can definitely shoot better than 60% if somebody like P.J. Tucker is guarding him in the post. So it just, it's, a, it's a numbers game at that point. But I, your point is taken. I think he's definitely a minus defender on the perimeter. But I do think when in the right system, there's ways to, if not eliminate that risk, at least make sure they shoot under a certain percentage and make make it worthwhile.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about numbers all day because yeah. there's also the three-point. I mean, if you shoot a three-pointer, you're more likely to get offensive rebound and all that stuff. But oh, time. really? Well, yeah, because it, it's a longer, it's a rebound. longer rebound. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if, if it were able to work out, it could be a huge like thing because like the two bigs you know yeah. big, but just like based on the, the way it's trending i don't really see that happening
1: sure the way i see it it's it's an it's a competitive advantage that nobody else in the league has so if you know how to use it right it could be really strong anyways okay let's go on a free agency the biggest news from yesterday pretty much or today i forgot already but Kawhi leonard apparently wants a trade and this is kind of surprising because just a week ago or something, I heard that he wanted to come back to the Spurs and he was hoping to get the Supermax. Didn't Danny Green say that too? Danny Green, he said that too? I want to say somebody like said, that. yeah, somebody said,
2: yeah. oh, I talked to Kawhi. He really wants to come back to the Spurs. He wants to be a Spur for life. Something like that.
1: Yeah. So I, I was kind of surprised when this thing broke out yesterday. And my first initial reaction was to doubt it because I know Kawhi's uncle and some of his team, team uh, his, you know, from his camp want him to get out. So what if they're the ones who are leaking this out? So that's why I'm, I was a little skeptical about this. Maybe it's Kawhi who doesn't want to do it, but his camp is forcing him to do it. So I'm not sure about it. But uh, Guru Kawhi, Kawhi, on the move. Um, what is the best team for Kawhi? What is
0: the best team for Kawhi? That is that is a very good question. My first uh, my my first choice for for the best team for Kawhi would would be the Spurs. But uh, obviously, he obviously yeah, he wants out. So, there. I mean, so, uh, I mean, it would be it'd be between the Sixers and the Celtics for now. I mean, for the Lakers, you just don't know. There are a lot of unknowns there. If it's only going to be Kawhi that's going there, you, you don't know who he's going to be surrounded with. So, I, I mean, I would, I would lean towards Sixers, but the Celtics are definitely interesting. I mean, based on the pieces, they they would want to give up for Kawhi. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's my take for, I mean. Who the best team for Kawhi would be. But going back to saying, like going back to your statement, Varun, you, you said you were surprised. Actually, I wasn't surprised. You know why? Because during the second half of the season, Kawhi was away from the Spurs for a good chunk of that period when he didn't really have to be. And and there was internal turmoil going on that boiled over. And you never see turmoil boil over when you talk about the San Antonio Spurs. You, talk, you, were, you saw Greg Popovich talking about Kawhi Leonard and his group, right? When was the last time a coach? Or someone in the front office said his group and got in a lot of trouble for it. And he, Phil he Jackson made talking
2: too, and he, uh, he just and yeah, he at him too. Yeah, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge press conferences, things like that. Yeah, go and, ahead, and go. I remember when
1: too?
0: Yeah, yeah when, you, when, Phil Jack, when Phil Jackson talked about LeBron James' posse, right? That didn't go over very well, right? So it's it's the same exact thing when you talk about Kawhi Leonard and and, and his group. You, you talk about well, I mean, you think about Kawhi from his perspective. He develops a lot of like hard feelings. And um, I mean, Tony Parker pleading with him to come back. And then quotes from Montaginoli. You never hear we talk about things like this, but Jomi himself said that, oh no, is not coming back. Uh, I wish he was, coming. he was coming back, but he's not coming back. Like blunt statements that you never hear out of the Spurs organization were starting to come out. And that's when I started to realize that this might be something more than uh, Kawhi's injury, just getting the best of him. It's, it's not that it is. It's, it's maybe that the the relationship is strained.
1: you know uh, there have been so many conflicting reports about this throughout the past few weeks that for me it's just so hard to believe which one is actually true and which one is not true or maybe they're coming from completely different sources like I said one from his camp one from Kawhi himself but go ahead jeff
3: yeah I mean at the end of the day it has to be a trade he still has one year left or he hasn't negotiated you know Mm -hmm. the supermax or contract so I mean he could just be on the team and be frustrated all of next season so you know we'll, we'll see
2: if he really wants out it's in the Spurs best interest to trade him the problem for them now is uh, now that this report has come out his his stock has gone down like that's actually the problem for the Spurs is once you once a, uh, it is known that a player wants to be traded his value goes down so <laughs> that, that's a really an actual issue I think no, that's, the, true. that's true I think if he really does want to be traded the Spurs missed an opportunity to trade him this season and they probably should have looked into it Granted, they they still believe they can repair that relationship. I know he and Pop are trying to make a a meeting happen. And granted, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge also wanted to be traded last season. They managed to make that work out. So it really just depends. And I wonder if this decision has something to do with the fact that Pop may not coach for that much longer. And maybe Kawhi sees this as a sinking ship and says, Hey, I want to get out and go somewhere else and do my own thing. Or do something with a group of other players and try to win a championship or be more successful than than where the Spurs are going to be in two or three years. Uh, but I do agree with Guru that uh, the Celtics or the Sixers would be the most appealing option. Uh, I think for me it would be the Sixers just because of the position overlap in Boston. Uh, I think they have so many people at that three spot. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you'd, you'd likely have to get rid of either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum to get uh, Kawhi Leonard from the Spurs. Uh, but from a, from a fit standpoint, I think he'd work great in, uh, in Philly where they could really use that three, that perimeter defender and then the just the ability to shoot and score from that position would be fantastic for them. Uh, the one thing with Kawhi in a trade is, uh, the only way another team picks him up is if he makes some sort of guarantee to them that he's going to sign long term. Because I don't think a team is going to be willing to give a, a lot of assets for a one year rental of Kawhi Leonard, so I think that's the other consideration and why he may not go anywhere. Or, if he goes to the Lakers, which if that's his preferred destination, they have some sort of you know, not necessarily guarantee, but some sort of inclination from
1: him that he wants to stay there. I agree with you, actually. I think Philly is the best place for him because they have a glaring need for that kind mm-hmm. of, like, that one more piece. And then they... At, at that position, too. And, and, that, and it's Kawhi. Kawhi, who two years ago when he was healthy, we, we were talking about him as being the second best player in the league behind LeBron. Now, some are, some say third behind KD, but, you know, in that range. So you're talking about a top three franchise player. And I don't think the quad injury was that serious. So I don't think health is going to be a big issue when he comes back, but I agree Philly would have been the best one. I think Boston has the best assets to offer, and I don't know he wants to go to the Lakers, but I think the Spurs have already said, or there, there are reports that they're not going to trade him to a Western Conference team. So it doesn't look like the Lakers are going to happen through a trade. Well, at it least that's
2: what the assets are, right?
1: I think if it, they really blow the uh, it blow the assets out of the water, but I mean, I'd be otherwise, okay I don't see him. that
2: happening. I'd be okay trading him to the Lakers. You know, they're not really a competing team with, with the Spurs at this point. Well, you games. might, but I
1: think the Spurs believe not. they don't want to give them to a Western Conference team where they have to face them a lot of times every year. I mean, I get so it. So it makes sense. I, I get, get it, I, it but if, you're, I can see if the logic there.
2: best value comes from the Lakers. No, that's not happening. You don't who, think so? Who do the
3: Lakers have?
2: I mean, that's I a good question. Lonzo Brandon Ball. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma, that's it. Uh, yeah, but what what if you don't get anything from the Sixers? What if you don't get it if you're in the position where you legit have to keep him for a year and you know that he's literally gonna bolt, would you really say I'm not gonna get any assets back for a franchise player? It really, really depends. But if he if he says I'm not gonna stay in Philly, I'm not gonna
1: stay in Boston, there's no way those teams give up anything to get him for a year. I I can see your point, but I, I don't think with Kawhi, I just don't think that's gonna happen. Teams are gonna teams are gonna cave in for Kawhi. We're not talking about like a you know a so-so player. This is a top three, top no, five. I agree. Players, if, so. if there's a
2: team that's willing to take that risk, yeah, then you know all for it. But I think teams are going to be wary because they saw what's happening in Oklahoma City when they traded for Paul George. Sure, yeah, they gave up Victor Oladipo. Ended up being you know not Fantastic that anybody player. would have not that anybody would have expected him to be yeah. like that. But that being said, I think that's that's a cautionary tale, right? You're, you're taking a one-year rental on a dude you don't know if he's going to stay there or not and you, he also wants
1: to go there yeah guru go ahead
2: right so um what i want
0: what i wanted to say was that if you're talking about philly or boston right probably their best selling point to kawaii is to have him be there for a year and be the best player on a championship team that that is probably their their best selling point point. and uh, listen if the lakers don't don't get anywhere with um I mean, as far as free agency this year, that destination becomes much less appealing. We saw it with Paul George this year, and because OKC uh, got eliminated in the first round, that pretty much opened the Lakers back up in that conversation. But I mean, if you're if you're Philly or Boston, obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't give up the farm for Kawhi if you knew he wasn't going to stay, but you would give up something of some value. I mean, if if you're Boston, you'd probably give up that Sacramento Kings first round pick. If you're, if you're Philly, maybe you give up Robert Covington, a first round pick, maybe Dario Saric,
1: you know, I mean, you
0: could put, you can put together a package where you're not like losing your entire team. If you're either Philly or
1: Boston. I think Vikram wants to say something, Guru, in response.
2: Uh, There are just some salary implications in terms of how they would, they would get a trade like that to work. But besides that, with on, on Boston specifically, I don't know that he'd be the best player on that team. Or I think Kyrie Irving went to Boston to be the alpha. If you suddenly say you're going to give Kawhi Leonard the opportunity to be the alpha on that team, I think that would rankle some some feelings in Boston. In Philly, I think their their main player is going to be Joel Embiid. Like, so I think I'm not sure you're going to be able to do that with Kawhi Leonard, especially since we don't know what state he's going to be coming back from from this quad injury, which they say is supposedly a degenerative condition. Uh, they've kept it pretty well under wraps, but I'm not sure any any team will really be able to make him change his mind about where he wants to be long-term if he, if he really has a destination in mind right now. And I think Paul George is a good example of that. But if it's championship or bust, and you're saying either Boston or Philly has to get to a deep playoff run in order for him to stay, that's a pretty big risk for that team. And I don't know that you can get away from the Philly side to just say first-round pick and Robert Covington for... Uh, for Kawhi Leonard from the Spurs side, I, I'm I'm just not sure. Guru, is there something you want to say?
0: I mean, that was that was a pretty good response, so I'll stay <laughs> quiet.
2: <laughs> no, I, I'm not trying to to be hard, on you, Guru, I, I just I agree with you no, like, no. for the for the most part. It's just I think it's so hard to make these trade these types of trades happen for a star player and try to get equal like equal value.
3: Yeah, I think we we exhaust the Kawhi Leonard topic because <laughs> you know what where he goes. Really depends on the biggest free agent out there, LeBron James.
2: Absolutely. All right.
3: Does anyone have a convincing reason where he's if he's going to a certain team? Does anyone think, you know, he's for sure going to the Lakers. He's for sure going to the Spurs, the Nuggets.
1: Um. So, uh, if, if you guys heard recently, um, apparently his his son is getting enrolled at an LA school. I don't know how how much truth there is to that, but but if that's happening, that that's a big hint there because it does he want to stay away from his son? I mean, if he's enrolling his son in an LA school he's probably giving an indication that he, he's looking to move there, right? But if that's true, of course. If it's not true, then it's probably not happening.
3: All right, well, today- But if it's true,
1: then I think he could do it. Then I think I would say LA is probably favored out of all the other teams. To land LeBron, Go yeah. Well, ahead.
3: well, today it was leaked that his son's looking at Houston
2: schools. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> Did, there was another report that said
1: LeBron doesn't like Houston. <laughs> so there's, yeah, there's a lot of yeah. reports flying around. So once again, which knows. one do you believe?
2: I, I don't think he knows yet. Yeah. I, I think he's still taking some time to, yeah. to think about it. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that I think might be interesting, first of all, with or without the quiet thing, I would have liked to see him on the Spurs because I think him and Pop can do some cool stuff. I don't know how likely it's LeBron, that is, right? Yeah. It's LeBron. Okay. I would like to. I would love to see that. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think there is an argument to be made for the Cavs as well. Uh, And bear with me here. I think it it really depends on what he wants in the last phase of his career. If he's looking to kind of expand beyond basketball, I don't think you can get any better than L.A. Like, that's the truth. If he's looking to, for just family-type reasons and his own legacy as as a Cleveland basketball player, it may make sense for him from that mental perspective to stay in Cleveland. It really depends on what he wants to do as a person and as an individual. I mean, there's definitely an argument to be made. Like, if you want to win championships, maybe you go to, to Houston or to Philly. Although, and again, both scenario, especially the rocket scenario, uh, how you get that to work from a contractual standpoint and what you can actually fill your team with after you get LeBron, you know, those are all challenges. Uh, but from the most likely perspective, I would have to say at this moment, it's probably LA because they have an ability to, to put together a team with a couple of stars, all things going well. And making that work. And I doubt he goes to L.A. unless he knows for a fact Paul George is on board or Kawhi's coming or something like that. Chris Paul. Yeah, whatever whatever the star may be. He's not moving. It'll be like the Miami situation where he only went because he knew Chris Bosh was going to come too. Yeah. So if, that's, if he can do that and put together a fast mile of a competing team in L.A., I think he does that. Because it's not like he's going to get any better in, in Cleveland, really, or even Philly. Are you really going to be able to compete with the Warriors? You know, it's iffy. So I think... LA is a likely destination, but I think there's an outside the box chance for, uh, for Cleveland as well. Guru? Yeah, I
0: agree with LA being the destination uh, that I would choose for LeBron, just because, like, LeBron, I mean, in his history, he's loved to build his own team. When he went back to Cleveland in 2014, they had almost nothing. And then um, he, went, he went and you know, traded for Kevin Love, traded for J.R. Smith and Iman Shepard. He sort, of, he sort of built that team. So that's sort of what LeBron likes to do. He likes to like go, go to a place where like, they have salary cap space, they have some flexibility so that he can build his own team. And I don't think there's any other team in the NBA that's best suited to do that than the Lakers. And so if, if he goes to L.A., you know, they still have the salary cap space for one more superstar. They're very flexible in terms of trades. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of young pieces that could be appealing to get, you know, get like role players there that would help them win a championship. So from LeBron, from like if, if I know LeBron very well, I know that he's looking at um, the Lakers as a destination. But who really knows LeBron very well? I mean, that's that's. That's the question. I mean, in 2010, when he went to Miami, no one really expected it. In 2014, when he went back to Cleveland, people weren't really expecting that either. So, I mean, it's it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what he does. Uh, and uh, I would love it to be a mystery. I would like to be surprised. So, LeBron, surprise me. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to the Sacramento Kings. And, I don't know. Okay. Thing. Well, I think there's a couple of destinations that we're not talking about. One is Boston. And I know that sounds like it's not going to happen. But there are a couple of things I found out recently apparently kyrie wanted a trade because the Cavs tried to trade him first uh on the uh, during draft night and then after that he requested a trade after he found that out so apparently the reason is not because he didn't want to be lebron's underling or so but the number one reason was that because they tried mm-hmm. to trade him on draft night for i think it was paul george and wow. he found that out and he's like okay wait no i don't want to be here if, if you guys are trying to trade me now if that's true then i think boston is a, becomes a destination for lebron possible yeah in a sign and trade, probably something like that, because the Celtics could offer the Cavs something in right. return for LeBron. They would have so a hard time that's... doing that sign and
2: trade for the Celtics simply because they don't have they don't have filler salary to do that with. That's actually the challenge for Boston. Yeah, it Man, would have to betrayed. be
1: like it would have to be Gordon Hayward, which yeah, if, if it, the Cavs really wanted, there's Gordon a lot Hayward of, in a first round pick or something like that.
2: I mean, that's a challenge. I think yeah. the Celtics would be a hard place for him to go just from a from a sheer numbers contract perspective. Sure. Uh, because they'd have to really give up a lot of their team to do that. That's why like Boston's a really hard team for them to pick up a whole bunch of assets
1: because of their contract situation specifically. <laughs> uh, but I have one more in mind, and I think this is for Kawhi, LeBron, and Paul George. I think Miami's going to be a player, regardless of which free agent is out there. Because Pat Riley always swings some magic there. So I think they're always going to be a player. Even for Paul George, LeBron, and uh, Kawhi. So I think they're lurking in the background. But I think they're pro- Pat Riley would probably get a meeting or two with one of these guys. That's what I'm thinking.
3: Miami has a lot and, and of money th-
1: tied up, though, right now. So they are, they're going to have a lot of... Yeah. They
3: have a lot of... Well, like Vikram said, they have a lot of pieces they can trade. But we'll, yeah, we'll see how I, they They
2: got some interesting contracts, we'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but for Miami... All they need to do is get Hassan Whiteside to play, like actually, and forget him playing, but like actually put him in the game, and maybe that'll make a difference. Because, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, you don't pay a guy 20, 20 plus million a year and play him under 20 minutes a game. Like that, that just doesn't seem very smart to me. Go ahead, Guru.
0: Uh, yeah. So, um, Wait, God, I lost my train of thought.
1: We <laughs> were talking about LeBron to <laughs> Miami, maybe, or Paul George? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I wanted to say something about that. Udonis Haslam actually came out and said, between the the Celtics, sorry, between the Cavs winning the Eastern Conference Championship and the NBA Finals, LeBron was actually in Miami hanging out with Dwayne Wade and Udonis Haslam. And Udonis Haslam actually had things to say about LeBron joining Miami that is actually a possibility. So I think you're right on the mark with that. LeBron, Miami's never out of the question. It's always a possibility. Yep. But I will add that LeBron and Paul Pat Riley have not spoken since LeBron left.
3: Hmm. Well, you know, Earl Boykin said that he might go to Denver. So, you know, <laughs> what? There's a yeah. lot of people saying a lot of things, is what I'm saying. So Interesting. I'm saying
1: a lot of things. Did, he, did he give any reason for Denver? Like, was there a solid reason for why LeBron would want to go to Denver? I didn't look too much into okay. it.
3: But, I mean, Denver has a good team. They have a good, yeah. really young team. They would be like one of my other teams they have to re
1: Nikola Jokic first. Yeah, I mean that could be an issue. Yeah, yeah actually, so that's that's one a, of the
2: there was some report about there when yeah. we were when we were discussing uh, you know the major free agents. One of the things I didn't see hit probably because they're restricted free agents was Clint Capella and Nikola Jokic, and those are two huge, particularly Nikola Jokic, because there are a lot of teams that will take a flyer on him. I think that would be willing to offer him oh. max money to play for them. Can you imagine? I feel like the Suns would do it. I, I, I think mean,
1: Jokic is actually unrestricted, and he has a team option for this year, which. The Nuggets will pick up, but here, here's the interesting about Jokic. Um, his agent said that they should decline the team option and re-sign him to a big contract. Sure. And he said if they don't, there might be repercussions down the line. So that, so next year maybe Jokic, but this year they have a team option on him, so he's gonna <laughs> stay.
3: They should have given him an extension. They, they should.
2: They should. They, I mean, if it's like a one million be...
1: team option, so they'll, they'll probably take it. All right, and Paul George, I think I. despite his I thought he had a great season in OKC despite Mm -hmm. the game six it was terrible but he had a fantastic season in OKC I think I think number two or number three in steals he was a fantastic three in D he really played really well as a number two guy and I think I think the number two is his best role going forward not the number one I think he fits really well in that number two role and he does a great job in it so um, I don't I don't think he's coming back to OKC he's probably going to LA uh, regardless even if he's even if they don't sign anybody so, but we'll find out what happens in, a, in, in a less than a month. Any other big free agents out there? I mean, there's a lot, but uh, I guess we're going to find out soon. DeMarcus Cousins might be a player there. So we will find out. But um, yeah, this is our episode and we're going to do a trivia episode soon. So stay tuned for that, guys. But until then, see you next time.